0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to the founders of future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. Today, we have a special guest, Damian Bellumio, co-founder of New Life. His business isn't based in Latin America, but it's situated in the gateway to the region, Miami. Right after we recorded this interview, I got a little bit of FOMO and decided to fly out to Miami and check out what was going on there. I was impressed with what feels a bit like a movement Father, immigrant, and longtime entrepreneur, Damien was born in Argentina and started his first company right out of high school, selling marble flooring. After moving to Florida, he became an intern at Barclay Capital and convinced his boss to start a bank with him, Broadspan Capital. He went on to start a number of businesses in the big data and artificial intelligence space and became a well-known name in the Miami tech scene. Now at New Life, he's using technology and ketamine-assisted science-based treatments to make mental wellness scalable and cost-effective. Damien, great to have you on the Latitude podcast. Welcome to Altitude. I would love to hear from you. One of the companies you're working on is, if you could kind of give us an overview, because it's something that I'm unfamiliar with, so I'm just more curious, but my understanding is that you're doing ketamine-assisted kind of therapy, right? Can you talk about that specific business because I think it's for someone that doesn't know it seems kind of like daunting or like you know someone that's just unaware of what that's like so maybe you could talk about that because I think it connects with kind of this self-discovery piece and like the balance of life and you know the development and what was the kind of you know motivation for you for you to start something in this field
1: the company is called new life and life which uh, you know new in french means naked So it's, it's a play a little bit on, on that concept where a lot of people need a new life. Right. And, 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 and for us, it's a life where we sort of let go. A lot of the things that sort of define who you are, you know, your sort of physical presence, your, your clothing, your, your, you know, you get naked to really get in a state where you could heal yourself. Right. And really new life is a company that um, I, I'm starting well, I started already and with Juan Pablo Capello, who's uh, probably someone you know as well. Um, yeah, yeah, he's definitely. A, he's a longtime uh, partner, friend, mentor uh, of mine. And he called me about four or five, six months ago and said, I, I, I want to do, I'm in a stage in my life. I want to do something that that actually impacts the world positively. And I want to do it in psychedelics. We actually have been in the space for a while. Uh, he actually introduced me to plant medicine uh, five years ago. When he turned 50, he had a a, a beautiful ceremony and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I personally have been around psychedelics for almost 30 years, so I I knew what psychedelics were, but I didn't really know where sort of the ceremonial plant medicine uh, was. And uh, it was amazing. It was life-changing for me, but it was life-changing that I never even thought about doing it again for five years. Uh, So it it was profound, but it wasn't something that, you know, changed my life. I said, oh, now I'm going to become someone that pursues this actively. Uh, But it definitely touched me in a very uh, profound way. It allowed me to heal some things that I really even know I had. For example, say goodbye to my grandparents, Uh, my two grandfathers. I mean, I've been here almost 40 years in the U.S., both of them passed away and I, I wasn't by the, their side and I was really close to them. And uh, when I was in the middle of the ceremony, all of a sudden they appeared with me and I just started crying and laughing like I had never experienced anything in my life. And, and yeah, that was sort of one anecdote of how he touched me. So, but let's stay with me. And then when he told me, I want to do this, I'm like, what exactly you want to do? I wasn't really familiar as he was how the legislation was changing, how the research was changing. He's been actually pretty deep in it he's been donating to an organization called MAPS uh, which is really the organization that has led the way to legitimize psychedelic therapies uh, actually psychedelic assisted therapies were a huge thing in the 50s uh, every major university the government even the CIA was leveraging these these drugs to to do a number of things i mean the cia was thinking of you know infiltrating the other people's uh, heads uh, for whatever but actually it was were proven to be super um, effective in addiction, in depression, anxiety, uh, the counterculture, and a bunch of things that happened in the 60s, 70s, sort of shut down the research. But MAPS particularly raised a lot of money, like people like Tim Ferris, actually one of our investors, James Bailey, they donated quite a bit of money to support the clinical, uh, you know, serious clinical trials in the use of these drugs. So... 2018, there was a a great book, actually I have it right here, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. It's a bestseller. He did an amazing job of really explaining why this research sort of stopped and why it restarted again. And and it's, it's an amazing book. He's about to launch a new one. So I got deep into it and my last 10, 15 years have been on AI and knowledge computing. So I, I approached it from how do we make this scalable, right? From a technology point of view. And, and really that's the foundation of New Life. The foundation of New Life, our company, is a combination of sort of alternative evidence or scientific-based treatments geared to improving mental wellness and the combination of those treatments with technology so we can make it scalable and cost-effective to be rolled out in, in a large audience. Um, and, and yeah, we, we raised uh, several million now from tremendous names. Uh, as I said, a lot of the, these newcomers to Miami and as well as other people that have been here for a while. And uh, we acquired a company, actually a company that was based in Miami that was doing ketamine-assisted therapy. Uh, so basically, is ketamine is the only approved hallucinogenic uh, drug that could be leveraged in the U.S. today for these type of uh, treatments. Uh, it's an anesthetic. It's a very safe drug. It's been used for almost 50 years. There's a ton of research on it. There's a ton of clinical support of it. And uh, today, our company, uh, we already have treated about seven, 800 patients. We're doing about 100, 150 patients a month right now, but we're going to be scaling this quite rapidly. Uh, we're, we're legally... Prescribing these treatments in three states California, Florida, and Texas. And we'll be expanding to 11 states over the next 60 days. Walk me through it. How does it work? Yeah. So, the way it works is we have a medical staff, uh, doctors, and, and nurse practitioners that are licensed to, to prescribe this uh, ketamine as a, as a treatment. You know, the patients find us through a number of different avenues, social media, and, and, and others. Um, and you know, when they find us a book an evaluation and, uh, we, 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 call it a, you know, discovery session. And in that session, we, uh, assess if the patient number one is the right fit for our therapy and, you know, right fit is, is usually, uh, people that are suffering from, uh, treatment resistant depression. They may have been in SSRIs or antidepressants for, for a decade and it's not working anymore. For people that have PTSD, you know, obviously a lot of people come from the military and really number of different, uh, unfortunately, situations that lead people to, to, to have these this, uh, traumatic situations that today is causing a lot of anxiety and, and problems for them. Uh, anxiety, uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, addiction. Actually, it's, it treats a wide array of, of conditions. The unfortunate thing is it's not covered by, by the insurance because ketamine is an approved FDA drug for uh, as an anesthetic but not for these type of treatment. So it's out of pocket. So it has a, a cost. It's about $1,300 for a six session or six experience treatment, which is what we recommend to really have the, the full benefit of the treatment. So that the patient basically goes through that initial phase. If it is the right fit and you know they could afford it and all that, then it gets passed to our customer success, which does the whole medical onboarding. So in, in that process is... You know, they fill a number of questionnaires that deal with trying to assess where they are in their anxiety levels, depression levels. These are clinical assessments. And then they have a, a, a medical consultation. And if all basically goes well, the doctor believes that it is the right treatment for the patient. There's no red flags, there's no things that may require some additional uh, support, like bipolar disorder or things like that. We need to work with a therapist. We need to work with someone that be paired to with us, really, then we start the the treatment and the treatment really, we, we send a package to their homes that, uh, includes the drug, includes some anti-nausea medication, includes some eye shades. And really what the person really requires is to have a sitter. A sitter is, is someone that the person trusts that it will be available with them throughout the, the treatment. So, if anything happens, really, the only thing that really could happen is the person tries to walk while they're still under defect and they fall, right? Like the, the treatment itself is really, really safe. It's a, I would describe it as a lucid dream that lasts between one and two hours. So you what you have to have is a calm space. Therapy is called set and setting. So set is you should go into this with, a, with an intention, you should go into this with almost in the way, same way that you do plant medicine like ayahuasca or peyote. Oh, or peyote. Yeah, it's it's almost you need to go at it with a, almost a, a sense of sacredness and respect. And also, what is it that you're trying to find or heal? Um, and that's why it's, it's really important in some situations to work with a guide, with a shaman, with a therapist, especially a therapist that understands this, to really mentalize yourself for, for what you're about to do. And then the setting is, where are you? How comfortable it is? How calm it is? Uh, actually, and a big part for us is the music. Because what happens when you actually do this, you put some eye shades, you put music on, the music is the one that guides you. Actually, uh, there's a great paper by Imperial College. I think it's Imperial College published about a year ago. It's called The Hidden Therapist. It talks about the music is actually the only ex- guide that you have in this, and it could have an impact in having a positive or negative experience. So actually, one of the areas that we're investing in, which, funny enough, is where I spent almost 10 years yeah, of my man. life. You,
0: your original, like, I mean, let's go going back to 2007, right? You built kind of Spotify before Spotify, exactly. uh, if I recall. And uh, so this is very fitting for your that element of your, of your experience now, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And I spent years building algorithms, uh, neural networks for music recommendation. So actually, right now I have a team of ex Pandora and Spotify people that are helping me develop a proprietary framework for music recommendations that is specifically uh, meant to have better clinical outcome of the therapy. So it's it's very cool, very uh, fitting, uh, and actually very rewarding for me. Uh, So yeah, that's that's essentially that's a treatment. Uh, We do six treatments ideally. So the first treatment, our protocol is: you do a first uh, treatment. We get feedback from you uh, on your experience. The doctor analyzes that, sees if he needs to sort of modify the dose and anything else that needs in the in the process. We do another two treatments, then we get another feedback, and then you do the last three. People that complete that six treatments, we within one month, we basically have a 50% reduction on depression and anxiety clinically. So actually, it's it's the fastest working antidepressant that you could think of. Uh, as you know, SSRI sometimes takes months to, to start working. So that's it's an ideal window to work with, with a therapist. So ideally, we pair that treatment with a therapist that could help what's called in the process of integration and integration is really where the person does the work, you know, like whatever you experienced, have someone help you interpret that and internalize that and see what do you need to do to take that and make a lasting change in your life. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, today we're working with the Academy because again, it's what's available, but right now there's huge amount of money being, uh, being invested in the sector, especially on pharma, Anger Mayer, who's a, right now has become a pretty visible uh, investor uh, from Europe, uh, Novogratz, Peter Thiel, they're all investing billions into new compounds that will complement ketamine, and it's tied to what, the work that MAPS is doing. So they're they're basically working on already. In, in the FDA has already fast tracked. MDMA and psilocybin. So we could expect that in the next probably two to five years, we, we will also be doing treatments with those compounds. Uh, but ideally, these new uh, pharma uh, innovations will allow us to reduce the, uh, you know, the session time. Because right now what's happening with MDMA and psilocybin, it takes eight to 10 hours. And the protocol calls commitment, the large yeah. commitment. It's a big commitment. And actually the protocols require two clinical uh, supervisors. So it's a very expensive treatment where, for example, in ketamine, we could do it at home with no clinical supervision because it's such a safe. Again, it only lasts one to two hours. It's very safe. And, and, and you know, ketamine is given as an aesthetic, someone is very calm. Versus, you know, MDMA and psilocybin, people might be jumping off the walls, right? So uh, that it, it requires a very different protocol and an oversight in, in delivering that. But they are as effective, and in some things, even more effective uh, than ketamine because they they have different way of working with with the brain. That's great. I mean, I think the
0: key thing is that there's the combined. Investment of time and energy that goes with the prescription you have for yourself, whether it's ketamine or whatever. There's a, a commitment beyond that, right? You've got to have the support, you've got to have the the therapy and the other things because these issues aren't going to solve themselves. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just a magic facilitator. pill. Yeah, there's no it's there's just, a magic pill. Yeah, just a facilitator, which is interesting because you know I've I've um, you know I've built a relationship with uh, a guy by the name of Dr. Freeman, who kind of during my own battles during entrepreneurship, there's a lot of highs and lows, right, as you know. And there's some interesting studies that he has where he's shown that there's a greater probability to have ADHD, depression, bipolar, all these different kind of challenges that exist, kind of mental health. It's a higher probability in entrepreneurs. And so he's done some research uh, with a handful of different universities. And so this is something that I think is obviously relevant for anyone. I mean, when we talk about, you know, in venture, we talk about market size, obviously, right? And like, this is obviously like a very large market because a lot of people unfortunately have anxiety um, and struggle with different things. But I think in particular, the topic of interest for me is, you know, how things could help entrepreneurs um, because entrepreneurs, you know, they're the engine of the economy, and there's a lot of amazing things that result of the work that entrepreneurs do. So it sounds like this is a great balance for you in kind of the impact slash, you know, what you're, you know, what you're kind of connected with. Uh, slash you you know you can probably build a really interesting business,
1: yeah no, no the the market is huge uh, it's one of the reasons that we got such a, a interest from investors, uh, but we also very careful there's you know not only a legal but there's an ethical responsibility um, right so actually we one of the things I'm very proud of, and this is uh, j p uh, is the one that sort of was very focused on this we actually uh, turned the company into a Delaware. Public benefit corporation. So we we basically have a... is that, double,
0: is that a, B, a B corp? Uh,
1: it's a what's well, called a, a PBC, which basically we have a social we have a, a social mission uh, as well as obviously a, a, yeah. a you know economic benefits mission. So we we're really focused on this. We're, we're focused on working with with a lot of uh, not only clinical you know research institutions but also the elders from the shamanic or all the uh, sort of psychedelic space, right? Because actually what's happened is the, the, the people doing the actual clinical research have incorporated into their uh, protocols a lot of things that were developed in the shamanic or in the sort of psychedelic space. Uh, set and setting is something that was invented by a guy that basically was, you know, deep in the psychedelics uh, movement of the 60s. And, and shamans have definitely their set and setting, the music and the ceremonies that they do. Uh, and actually, it goes even. I mean, there's a book. Uh, as I got into this, I I sort of even had to reconsider a lot of my own understanding of society and even religion. Uh, there's a great book called the uh, the, the Immortality Key. Uh, actually, I have it right here too. Uh, amazing book. I learned about it from what's the name of this guy uh well the guy has a very po- popular uh podcast but i learned about it because uh, the guy went to every religion in the world the origins and actually found that most of them were basically had psychedelic origins even christianity and i went to a Jesuit school and i'm like what and then you know i start i started looking i'm like you know it would have been a lot funner if you know we were talking <laughs> about psychedelics so with my you know with my theology teachers but uh <laughs> But you know, you then you start looking and you start reading, and, and you're like, wow, this makes a lot of sense, right? And you know, this guy actually went and did a, you know a lot of deep scientific analysis of even the, the original Eucharist and things like that. So, so you know, this has very deep roots. Uh, you know, it's been around. Some people argue even sixty thousand years, like like the original cave paintings. You know that they're in the you know in the Iberian Peninsula. Actually, the the the, the concept is those were the first shamanic rituals. And because people discovered these mushrooms that had this impact in the way that the brain worked and the ability to start conceptualizing concepts that then turn into language is actually what uh, that created the, the modern human. You know, the, the the human that could communicate and could actually explain things uh, and our envision things, right? Because before that, there was no history of that or no uh, proof of that. So... So this goes back a really, really long time. Uh, really what we're trying to do here is package it in a way that could be accessible, that could be safe, uh, could be based on data and science, uh, but at the same time that it doesn't lose the human element that it's key for the person to, to really learn how to heal themselves. And, and so it's a very interesting balance between science and humanity and uh, in a way, spirituality, right? Uh, I wouldn't say religious, but it's spirituality, and how to put it all together is, is going to be a very interesting challenge uh, for us and for the industry because there's also a lot of stigma, right? Especially ketamine, which I myself was never uh, exposed to as I got into it. I, you know, a lot of people come, oh, you know, is this a horse tranquilizer? You know, it's a party drug, the K hole. You know, I'm like, what's a K hole? You know, um, but obviously. People like any other drug, people, you know, abused it or used it recreationally, not in obviously the safest and you know most pure way and you know, overseen by a doctor. So, you know, that, that type of stigma requires that we also educate and and we um, you know, we we are, you know, we we do our part to to ensure that people understand that these drugs taken without oversight and a framework or protocol, obviously are not safe.
0: Yeah, no that, that, that's clear. That was my first awareness about, I saw someone doing it. It was the first time I was exposed to it. So there's a natural reaction where you're like, oh, this is a little, this is, you know, there's a stigma associated with it. Uh, because if the first introduction you have or awareness of of, of the drug is in a different setting, it kind of changes your perspective about what it could be, right? And so when you reveal all these different clinical studies and like, you can destigmatize, and then you can also evidence, right, that there is purpose beyond a recreational thing. Which you know, I think, you know, is, is an important thing to to you know clarify.
1: No, and I, and I've seen it myself since you know we I got involved here that like people that had, for example, taking the recreational ketamine, you know, usually it's a, a nasal or powder form or whatever, and now they they did a treatment with us. It was night and day, right? Like they're like, wow, this is not. What I be, you know, remember being. uh, Because again, the, the 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 compound is medical grade, even the setting, right? Like one thing is taking any anything you take in a party versus uh in in this particular way that we do it, which is super intimate. Imagine you're you're blacked out, you have music, usually it's very, very emotional music, right? No, no words. Is usually instrumental and, and, you know, it could, it could range in a number of different things, depending on exactly what you need to accomplish. And, and the co- combine that with a drug, people have, I could tell you, I mean, what, one thing is amazing is when you read the, what people write after, you know, they do these therapies, it's almost, I, I say, it's like a, it's someone combined like Shakespeare with a Dali, because it's like super uh, beautiful wording that they use, but then like, And I was floating in a chocolate lake, you know, and I had, you know, so it's like, you know, all these like sort of very uh, uh, psychedelic experiences. But then they immediately tie it to something, Uh, you know, they say like, but then I saw myself in the relationship with so-and-so or so-and-so. And and I understood why this happened. Or actually in ketamine, one of the very uh, common things that happen is you see yourself in a movie. Actually happened to me. So wow. like like you see yourself in a movie and you're a character in the movie, and maybe the other characters could be like people in your life or it could be you're in a scene and then then you, when you try to really will do the integration and understand what was in that scene, it happened to me I had to research what movie I was and, and 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 then it's crazy. I, I read the synopsis and it sort of read like my life you know and I, I have seen that movie, but I never connected it to myself. That's wild and I mean I think that the bottom line here is we there's
0: so much we don't know about the the brain, right? It's just the complexity and just kind of, you know, just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we were able to understand about it. Well, this is super fascinating. look at that,
1: just two seconds yeah. on that. Actually, yeah. just to explain what happens in your brain, because I think that's yeah. important. This is not just a drug that you take and you're tripping, right? Like it actually has physical effect in your brain. Uh, ketamine uh, shuts down what's called the default brain network. The default brain network is actually the part of our brain that becomes active when we're daydreaming, right? When you're not doing anything focused. So like when people have anxiety, it is the part of the brain that really hunts them, right? Because it's the one that tells the stories about, I cannot do this. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. Whatever it is that the person tells, like, as you said, entrepreneur, you know, you have ups and downs. You failed a couple of times. The next time you try to do it is I'm going to fail again right? And what is it going to mean for me? And that stays in this part of the brain. Actually, it's the same part of the brain where uh, the ego is. The ego is actually something that humans, we develop through evolution to filter information, to make us make more uh, efficient decisions. Uh, But actually, that ego could also be a bad thing, right? If if it has a lot of negative uh, things uh, associated with it. So ketamine shuts that part down, And so that's why I'm saying it's one of the fastest antidepressants because by shutting that part down physically for a period of time, it creates what's called neuroplasticity. Other parts of the brain lit up with activity and creates connections and actually gives a person a sense of a lot of positivity and a lot of uh, can do. Um, And actually, if you do it right, you reach what's called mystical state. Uh, And the mystical state is where you almost, uh, and this is like when someone, you know, does hallucinogenics, they say, oh my God, I felt nature and the beauty of nature and everything was beautiful. And I felt, you know, that that's called uh, clinically a mystical state. You have these certain things that happen and that is actually what leads to better clinical outcome. So uh, the difference between taking, for example, ketamine in a nasal spray, or even right now, uh, Johnson and Johnson, uh, they actually approve. Through the FDA, something called S-ketamine, which is a variation of ketamine, which they charge like fifty times more money for than the, the generic one. Um, it's also a nasal spray. The problem with that, you don't reach that mystical state because it is not strong enough for you to be able to have that sort of experience of you know body dissolution and ego dissolution and all that. So yeah, so just I want to at least explain that because that is a the part that fascinated me the most about understanding what exactly is going on in the brain and why uh, is it is it tied to a better you know result in in the treatments that people uh, engage with
0: The reality is that like your happiness is, is very connected with your mental state right and so this is something that you know I think that a lot of people struggle with right and so th- this is it's been super fascinating to hear for me it's a new and I think probably our listeners too, this is not something that my understanding is that there's a ton of awareness about this yet because it's kind of at its kind of beginning here. Is this the inception of this, right? And I think that that's something that it's great to kind of you know share the perspective. And I think that there's a natural kind of feeling about this stuff when it's when it's new. It's scary for some people, but when you peel back the layers and you're able to kind of explain, it becomes a much more kind of approachable idea. And then when you have data, then it becomes a much more kind of more digestible uh, concept but thank you for sharing your perspective and you know for someone that's been in the in the entrepreneurial journey for a long time it's great to kind of share your your insight with our community and learning more from you all right man thank you cool.